Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 25th of March, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by Mike Rhodes, uh, author and founder of uh, one of Australia's large, largest uh, web di- digital marketing firms, Web Savvy. How many updates do you need to do? Do you need for, the, for a book like that? So that's the sixth edition that just came out, but I was very lucky. Uh, Perry and Brian, my co-authors, they started that way, way back 2006, 2007. I only got involved in the the fourth edition about eight years ago or so, so they asked me to write all the technical parts back then. And uh, yeah, we we keep on rolling. Google, as you know, gives us plenty to write about. Oh, undoubtedly. But before before we get to uh, to the writing about Google, you... um... I love the part in your bio where it says you founded and exited three businesses before starting a highly successful digital marketing firm. I'm mm. curious, did the um, experience running different sorts of businesses, and I don't even know what, what kind of businesses they are, but did the experience running different sort of businesses, does that help you understand how Google, Google Ads, and, and digital marketing works? I don't know if it helps so much on the Google ad side, but it definitely gives me a lot of empathy for the business owner that we deal with day in, day out. Um, The first time I used Google ads was um, a friend actually offered to give me half of his business. I didn't know what I was getting into, so I said yes. This is back in 2004. I had seen, actually it was Perry Marshall, was the person that introduced me to Google ads. His first trip to Australia in 2004, he was talking about it. I went back to my mastermind, hair on fire, like trying to tell everybody about this new thing. It, it's crazy, like you only show ads to people that are searching for exactly what you have, and you only pay if they click, it's amazing. And this guy said, well, yeah, I don't want you to consult, I don't want you to like, you know, I don't want to pay you hourly. I'll give you half of my business. And we sold a hundred grand's worth of stuff in three and a half weeks. And I went, oh, okay, this works. Of something like Google Ads, mate, just do it for me. Just." Get me more leads, more customers, more profit. That's what they care about. You know, it's 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 fun talking to uh, people who got into the industry in the early days because it's often often our origin stories are those stories that you can't believe that's actually happened. But yeah. a bit of luck, a little bit of insight, and uh, just a little bit of serendipity, and boom, you find yourself suddenly operating a a, a growing business. When did you know you um? you had a penchant for um, you know, uh, uh, reaching people through, through, through Google Ads. Yeah, um, lots of serendipity, a lot of luck. I just, I'd, like I said, that, that first experience of, oh my God, this works, and then helping other businesses, it was the longest time. I actually spoke at a conference. It was a, a radio, funnily enough, conference, and I was kind of the digital friendly guy to, that came along and spoke to all of these radio advertisers. And I remember very clearly, I'd been doing that for two, three years. We did about half a dozen a year. And it was an interesting model, but we don't need to go into the details, but there was lots of consulting involved. So you do a day of dog and pony show from stage and then back-to-back consulting for three days with all these different businesses. 
And I was very aware that I was there as a guest of the radio in these consulting sessions. We'd be talking about it and I would hear myself saying over and over again, look, I'm, I'm not here to, to pitch my services. I'm here as a guest at the radio station, but I think you should do blah, blah, blah. And one day this guy said, well, I wish you bloody would because we need you, mate. Um, that was the light bulb moment of, I really need to, to do this properly. These businesses need it. I have always loved the business of business. I've always loved helping businesses grow. And they were struggling. They were doing letterbox drops and yellow pages ads and customers and profit. And I felt like I had that and let's put the two together. It's funny, you bring up an interesting sort of angle and I think everybody in our, has been there at some point who sort of grew in our sort of era people, right? Where we sort of got in and, and I faced the, the same thing and it's like you're you're sort of in early and you're at other people's disposal and you're like trying to saw like I'm not really trying to pitch you here. I'm just trying to, to do this. But then I think of like all the like many hats exactly you were talking about. I'm a business owner. I'm wearing a hundred hats. That same business owner is like, yeah, that's great. You've tried to show me how to do this myself because you're trying to be a nice guy. I don't have that hat. I don't have room on my head yeah. for that hat to wear. <laughs> so just do it. Let me pay you to do it. Do a good job and make me $3 for every one you cost and I'm good to go. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I totally didn't value that at the beginning. I, my first few clients, I was charging $397 a month. Woo, set the world on fire. But I still have my second client from back in 2007. She's still with me today, which, I love the fact that we have been able to help that business grow so much over the years when e-com was, was nothing for them back in 2006. Right. Um, there's a, it's a, actually a lovely story there, but I won't go into it. But just, yeah, helping businesses like that grow and like you say, just, just bumping into it by accident. And um, yeah, I'm not pitching you a, a very consultative <laughs> sell. <laughs> I, I really don't want to take any of your money, please. Um, but please, will you? Because we need what you've got. <laughs> right. Maybe I'm a um, bit slow. Now, I mean, you, you, you got your start. We we're talking 2006 here. Okay, I can remember the landscape-ish in, in 2006. I was more on the organic side than, than paid. But I, I remember, I'm sure you were right here, but I'm not going to really say that to you. If you were giving that today, but even just as you circa then, like you're still sort of shy, feeling like you're at the you know disposal and, and favor of those that have invited you to speak there, could you even with a straight face say to a business owner, oh, for sure, here's just a few quick trip, quick tips, and you, you've got this. You could do that yourself. I, I liken it to, to flying a plane. So back in the day, it was like flying a, a, a light plane, a little Cessna, which if you can drive a car, you can fly a Cessna. It's a car that also goes up and down. It really is not any more complicated than that. These days, you're climbing into a 747 cockpit. There are bells and knobs and whistles everywhere. And if you get it wrong, you're gonna hurt a lot of people. So no, I, these days you do not wanna just pop in and have a go um, because it ain't gonna end well. So uh, it's no, no, very, you, very different. You wrote a whole book on it, in fact. <laughs> no, yes. of, the, of the time though, from, from, from 2006, uh, 2007 to, um, which I hate to say, that was, that was like a decade and a half ago, to the present, a lot's changed, obviously, but what has had the most impact? The, 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 the change that has, you know, yeah. sort of the landscape the most? Ultimately, yes, we are still trying to do the same thing, right? Show the right ad to the right person at the right time. And I would add to that classic line, doing so profitably. I think the thing that's had the biggest impact is machine learning. Now, Google went 
all in on machine learning back in 2011. Andrew Ng, founder of Coursera, was the guy that introduced ML to Google, and they were slow on the uptake. You know, they really had to be convinced that, that this was the thing that was going to work. I think it was translation that was the, the first project that got that off the ground. You remember back in the day, you'd take something from English, you'd translate it to Italian, you'd copy and paste that back in mobile in the intro before. They knew that these little devices were going to get more and more common. They knew voice was going to be a thing and that was going to change. They knew that 15% of the individual search queries every day had never been seen before. How the hell do you build rules for that? And machine learning, they became convinced, was the answer. And so that obviously now is in every product in Google Maps and Gmail and YouTube and everything in between. And that is having the biggest impact in Google Ads where Google are taking away control from those of us that are control freaks and love to be able to play with the nitty gritty of the engine. But at the same time, they are finally getting very, very good. You know, when Google were pushing smart bidding really hard three years ago, it was crap, it was awful. You really didn't want to play with it. But these days, that part of the machine is getting very, very good. Now, you don't want the machine writing ads yet. We've all seen the cherry-picked examples of GPT-3 and how amazing it is when it works, but it doesn't work every time. But we'll get there. We'll get to that point, and I'm sure the reps will be pushing it really, really hard before it's ready, because we're bonused on that. Probably cynical, Mike speaking. But that's the biggest difference, I think, over the, over the journey, particularly the last couple of years. Well, we know that uh, some fairly significant changes driven by machine learning are coming up, uh, like, like, like imminently. Um, Google dropping cookies and uh, going with the federated learning of cohorts flock. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the things you got to do with a business owner is put your speculation hat on. And uh, what do you think? Like, how is this going to change how you relate to uh, what you're been? Flock. <laughs> he feels or she feels so smart. I came up with flock. Yeah, federated learning of cohorts, which is machine learning, but just done at the edge, done on the device, and it just sends a little bit of the information back home to Mountain View, but most of the data stays on the device. It will change things, absolutely. It will change targeting, and it will change measurement of results. So on the targeting side, this is Google's privacy sandbox. They're saying, come one, come all, tell us how you think we can make this work, where well, we can still respect privacy, but still make lots of money by targeting ads, because untargeted ads are annoying. They are useless. Google believed this in their DNA. And Larry and Sergey didn't want to get into the ad business. They had to be convinced of this, but they were convinced that a good ad is useful information. And they want to, you know, collect and manage and serve all of the information in a useful way. So once they've been convinced of that, okay, well, we can go into the ad business. An untargeted ad is, is annoying. If I never see an ad for an HP laptop ever again, I'll be a very happy boy. <laughs> I'm never going to buy one, ever. Um, so it will change there. I think Facebook are going to be far more affected than Google because Google have got so many properties, so much first-party data, Android, Chrome, YouTube, Gmail, etc. I think they'll mostly be okay. And I think on the measurement side too, Google are already saying, but basically where there's gaps in measurement, they'll model 
In other words, they'll just make it up um, using the power of all of their machine learning. They're saying expect around about 95% efficiency or 95% of the results you see now. Whereas some of the reports on the Facebook side are saying you might see a drop of 60, 65% in reported conversions. And Facebook have this lovely line of, just because they're not reported doesn't mean they're not there. Just trust us and keep on spending money <laughs> to, to hurt them more than, say, Google. I think Google will be mostly okay, but there are a lot of unknowns at this stage. You made me laugh when you were talking about the, the reps pushing hard, the, the ML ad copy. I'm like, I could just see logging into my, like, partner reward center and, like, we'll give you 50,000 points if you will just try this out with have another fringe. Board. Have another foosball table. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about your clients. They don't count. Um, just, well, just do what we but, but, but you, we, we joke about that. But when they were pushing this, this new thing, AAR, um, auto applied recommendations, oh. when they were pushing that really, really hard last year, the way they tried to sell it to me was, but you'd be able to reduce headcount by a few people. Like, I don't want to reduce headcount by a few people. My team are awesome. I love them. I want to get the best possible results for my clients, not save some cash and make a little bit more short-term profit before my business disappears because I've screwed everybody over. It's it's very short-term thinking and obviously they're bonused every quarter. It's like, you know, it's it's a it's an adoption competition almost. And I don't want to play an adoption competition. I don't want to win an award for adopting things that help Google grow faster, but that deserve my clients. Well, maybe you should have offered to call up Google and offer to reduce their head count by stopping giving horrible, <laughs> horrible advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so do you, we're, we're talking about machine learning. I mean, obviously like regular systems, no, we're, we're at a subject I, I'm highly interested in. Um, you're on the, on the paid side. I, I will generally more cared about the NLP side, like just, so we're getting into ad creation, which hasn't been a big strong push till, till now. I know what you're talking about on the automated bids. I was just lucky to have tried it again with a client after like two year hiatus. Tippity top is messaging and the robots are coming up from the bottom. So bidding, yeah, it is basically, as you said, just a big math problem. And machines are very, very good at that. It's prediction. It's predicting the click-through rate. Who is likely to click and beyond that, who is likely to convert? And beyond that, what's the value of that conversion? What do you want to optimize for? You know, as machines get better and better at providing the answers, our job as humans, I believe, is asking the right questions. You know, the, the cost of prediction falls to zero. The speed of prediction falls to near zero. The accuracy gets better and better. It's human judgment and asking the right questions, optimizing for the right thing. You know, which direction do we point the machine in? That's what makes the difference when we're all using the same underlying black box. Then the middle layer targeting, I'd say that's sort of like 50-50 at the moment. Google are getting very good, for now at least, of shooting the eyes out of the market, of not just focusing on the bullseye of you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. 
I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply your archery target but being allowed to go anywhere on the archery target and saying not now not now oh that one that one based on everything we know about that person they are highly likely to convert we wouldn't normally show an ad to person searching for that term there's no real commercial intent there but right now based on all the signals that we have their past searching behavior their browsing behavior the other apps they have on their phone their all of that. They tested the lunar cycle to see if the phase of the moon would make a difference. It didn't, but they tested it. So imagine what else they've tested. And then at the tip of the top of our pyramid, we've got messaging. They've tried a few times. They've had some computer-generated ads. We turn that off by default across all of our accounts because they will generate them. They'll sit there in the background for 14 days and then they'll magically go live and nothing shows up in your change history to say that this ad went live. So we turn that off for now. It will change. The machines are getting very, very good. But yeah, I think messaging, persuasive copy. Uh, what does the person know that's responding to all of these leads? Oh, we're getting all these leads, it doesn't work. It's because your receptionist is crap and they've never had any sales training. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you brought up Lunar Psycho. I found that really, really interesting. And I think we're, we're crossing over into an era where the machines will be teaching the machines. Do you think we've crossed over where even Google doesn't know everything they're testing because their machines have just gone, map, here's a thing, right? And just starting to make up their own stuff to sort of go, does that impact something? Do the tides are in, does that impact something, right? Or well, yeah, in, in the way that um, ML is not particularly explainable unless you build that in at the beginning. And, and we, we've all heard the stories of the bias that gets built into these data sets and then how horrible the outcomes are because basically all this stuff is being built by young white men and there isn't enough diversity in there and if you speak out you get fired just saying um it's been it's been said yeah well there's some pretty horrific stories over the last little while about that so yes to to, to what you're saying we don't necessarily know all of the signals that are going into that machine and we don't really understand the weighting that the machine is giving then to all of those signals what's it been told to optimize for it's probably optimizing for Google's profit more than other things. Yes, they always put the user in the center, they tell us all the time, because as you said in the intro, they want people coming back. We don't go back to being, or bless them, Yahoo, because we didn't find what we wanted there. Um, you know, many of us go off to DuckDuckGo once a year, and we try and we really want it to work, but it doesn't. The results are awful and we go back to Google because it works. So they're very, very good at optimizing for something. Um, it's probably, if you look at the, the growth of their revenue. Mike, there is some, there's some uh, disruption happening in the Australian media scene. I don't think um, most of our audience in, in, in North America really understand what's happening. Um, Google and Facebook are hmm. in a position where they have to pay some members of the Australian media to publish their content and honest to goodness that's about as much of the story as we over here know 
Yeah, it's, uh, it has been a changing story over the past few weeks. Um, it's been very odd. So Google announced around the rest of the world they're going to spend $1.3 billion across three years for news showcase. Well, 1.3 of our dollars, sorry, a billion of your dollars um, to help journalism, to help media. And in this country, uh, as I understand it, I'm not a lawyer, allegedly, all of that stuff. Rupert Murdoch controls something like 77% of our media in this country. They probably therefore had some help in getting the current government into position. I know nothing about politics. So, you know, take this with a large pinch of salt. So when that rolled out, Murdoch's lot basically said, well, actually, no, we won't take that deal on the table, new showcase. We're going to lobby for something else. And this got very, very, very close. Well, actually, I think it now is law in Australia, but they've all done deals behind the scene at the 11th and a half hour so that they don't have to go through this media bargaining code, which really put all of the power on the side of Murdoch predominantly didn't really help the small media players in Australia come from news related stuff. I mean, they don't make any money by sending a a click off to a news media website. So they reckon maybe, maybe if you're generous, it's you know $10 million a year of their Australian revenue. And yet Murdoch's lot were coming after them for a couple of hundred million. And it just wasn't going to work. So Google threatened to leave Australia. And I got to say, we had a, a meeting, I certainly won't mention names, but reasonably high up inside of Google about a couple of days before the, everything went through parliament. And the mood was, was pretty somber in uh, Sydney head office. Uh, they were thinking, well, yeah, at least we can sell YouTube. Um, and yeah, the, the top people would no doubt have been sent around the world and gone to Dublin and Mountain View. But they were pretty worried that this might mean the end of Google. Now we did get clarification, Google Docs would have stayed and Sheets and even YouTube, surprisingly, they're always touting it as the second biggest search engine. Um, but YouTube would have stayed, Maps would have stayed, but Google, as we know, it would have gone. Thankfully, that didn't happen. I wasn't too worried until those last couple of days where I didn't sleep very well of, Jesus, if, if Google leaves, like, what's going to happen to all these small businesses? What's going to happen to my business? Indeed, um, it must have been chaos. It was uh, pretty scary. And then Facebook stuck, you know, their heels in the sand. Maybe it came all the way from the top. We'll never know. And they basically decided to block any news content. The problem is nobody ever really defined news. So <laughs> the, local, the local dog shelter would try and put a post up about the dog that needed to be picked up this weekend and they weren't allowed to post. I was posting in a private group. So I teach a few hundred agencies to do what we do. And I tried to put a post to some completely unrelated thing. It was probably about flock and fledge and turtle dove and all those birds. And I couldn't, it wouldn't let me post. Thing ended up with 50, 60, 70% of the market, the way it was written, they would then have to go through this same process, which was something like giving Murdoch advanced notice of the algorithm. I mean, which politician wrote that? Like there's one algorithm and they all sit there and go, oh, next month we'll update it like this. Here you go, have a copy. There's not, it's changing hundreds of times a month. It's ridiculous. Um, and that's why Google had to make such a hard stand. Opportunity, I don't know. I think we were really just all sort of sitting there going, surely sense has to prevail. Surely they're going to figure this out. You get um, to still work. Well, and, and the government, you imagine like Google disappears. I don't think they're going to last very long next election either. That's going to disrupt 
we've got two million small businesses in Australia. Um, there would have been a lot of unhappy people. So yes, didn't have to think too heavily about that. Um, and we just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> uh, something you mentioned earlier in, in the show, like right before yeah. we went to break, that I, I just want to circle back to and make sure, you know, I know we don't have too much time here left, but um, we really, really impress on, on people and I, I would love your take on it. Um, we've talked about, we were talking about machine learning. You were talking about, yeah, I mean, you were talking about A-B testing or, or, or variant testing and, and testing your, your on-page copy. And, and it occurs to me, because you, you also talked about, we'll be getting to the point where the reps will push it and it'll suck, but a couple years down the road, they'll probably be decent at ad creation. So mm. we'll have a machine that's probably pretty good at ad creation. We'll have a machine that's probably pretty good at bidding. We'll have a machine that's probably pretty good at, at, at all of that sort of stuff. So when you battle a machine against a machine, that is me versus my competitor, and both of us are battling the same, we're using the same machine, does the battleground now become the page? Like, is, is that all that's really left? The only de decider among quality score left will be- Where that's going, but I'm glad I'm not a graphic designer. I also think the data that you feed back to the machine matters. So what first party data do you have that other people don't have? How do you use that? Not just customer lists, but how can you expand on that? And what do you get the machine to optimize for? So yes, the machine is going to be doing all of the bidding by then, all of the math, but where do you point the machine? How do you say these things are more valuable than that? And, and frankly, right now, there's a ton of unknowns because we know that the, the tracking and measurement side of things is going to change significantly this year. Um, I'm learning as fast as I can about things like server-side tagging and going deeper into GA4, Google Analytics 4 and GTM, which is not really my bag, but I know that the future is, is based on data. Software's eating the world. Andreessen told us that a long time ago. And I'm sort of picturing three roles in, in this industry in the future. There's data, there's creative, and then sitting over the top of all that is strategy. And I think to get to strategy, you kind of have to go through data. And we're never going to be a creative agency. That, that's not our thing. It's a totally different cell. It's a totally different skill set. Hey, if I listen to Google, I could make everybody redundant, be super profitable, and start again with three graphic designers and a great copywriter. It's not the business I want to create. So we're doubling down on, on data. And I think that that can be a competitive advantage. I ask CEOs all the time, where does data sit on your balance sheet? And you should see their faces. It's a bit of a what, a what now? Um, they haven't thought about that yet. Or what role does AI, what role does ML play in your business over the next two years? I haven't really thought about that. So there is this huge opportunity there to not just embrace it blindly, but to be thinking ahead of the curve and how might we use a thousand intern controls? I am a control freak, so let's just preface it with that. Um, I hate that we're losing so much control. I understand, I think, having done all of the Google machine learning courses because I want to try and think a bit like a Google engineer. I'm not an AI engineer, but I want to try and think like them more. That's why I used to fly halfway around the world a few times a year and go to events like GML in San Francisco because you got great access to the engineers to talk about what lies under the hood and really understand why they do what they do. Um, Oh, if you go all in on the AI and you do lean in and trust, you still have to know the fundamentals. You still have to be the pilot sitting in the airplane. What's the pilot joke? Hours and hours of boredom with the odd moment of sheer terror. They do seven minutes of flying on average on a typical flight, but they still know how to fly the bloody thing, right? So 
yes, you're going to lean into the machine, you're going to trust it. And with that, Google want the ability to go broader, to go to the edge of the archery target is how I always explain that, that target. We tend to focus on high commercial intent keywords and there is no way that we would ever put this broad match weird crazy term in there because that's not going to work. But Google aren't showing ads to that universe of crazy broad match all the time only when they believe there's a high likelihood of conversion. The problem is, that we all understand, is that we have no control over that and the, they're marking their own homework. They decide when to show those ads and how much to bid and that's what I guess I fundamentally have the problem with. They have done so many of these things over the years that are just quick cash grabs. They always said they were never going to focus on quarterly results of Wall Street. But some of these feel a bit like that, don't they? Where it's like, well, yep, you're not going to hurt your revenue predictions by doing that little thing and that little thing. <laughs> they say they're agency partners. They say, you got to play by their rules. So you can bitch and whinge, but it ain't going to change anything. So we may as well learn to play with the constraints that we're given and play within that and stop whining and get the best damn results we possibly can for our clients within those constraints. Mike, we are we are so close to, to being out of time. I I got I got time for one more question, and it's a really broad one. I apologize, but like knowing what those constraints are and being able to look into the future, where do you want to guide your agency, and how do you want to guide it there? That's a wonderful question. Um, I am doubling down on data. Um, I think that yes, creative is a huge huge piece. The machines will ultimately be able to do that, but we are partnering with people for that. So you know, writing really good persuasive copy. I've got a graphic designer on the team now creating wonderful ads. But ultimately, I think data wins the day. Um, so helping businesses think about their data, leaning into ML, playing with BigQuery more and more. That's where, that's where we're heading, is, is definitely down the data road. Well, Mike, um, thank you so much, Mike Rhodes, uh, author of uh, the ultimate guide to Google Ads and a wonderful conversationalist. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us today. My absolute pleasure, mate. I've had a ball. Thank you. Friends, you have been listening to uh, Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the like 25th of March, 2021. Spring is here, but you know how it goes. Spring is almost gone, so get out there and enjoy it while you can. And friends, remember, we're almost at the finish line. COVID is still very real. It's um, 500,000 Americans dead, 30 some odd thousand Canadians dead. I don't know how many people in the UK and across Europe, but we're getting close. Be careful, wear your mask, stay away from people, follow protocols, even after you've been vaccinated. Continue to follow health protocols. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna get our society and our economy back. It's gonna take all of us working together and we can do it. Thank you for listening to Webcology on WMR.FM today. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. We're back next week. And be well, love each other, stay safe. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.